0: Hey everyone, it's Emily. I'm just popping in here at the start of the episode to remind you all that Velvet Goldmine is rated R. There's a lot of sexual content and in some scenes casual nudity. If you're someone who's not comfortable with that type of content or is in any way sex repulsed, feel free to skip this episode, just take care of yourself. It is never my goal for this podcast to be constantly discussing not-safe-for-work topics, but with a movie like this, it was unavoidable at certain points. We don't get crazy descriptive, of course, but still, if it's not your thing, take care of yourself and just skip over this episode. That's about it for me. Uh, we've got a new co-host this new episode, so please enjoy, and as always, thanks for listening. Bye! I'll, hey, I'll see you at the end of the episode. Ah, I fucked up saying that. You know sometimes how you write stuff out, and even and even then you still kind of fuck up with the addiction, like like tripping over yourself, but it's your tongue, and the tongue doesn't have, like, you know, like, the tongue isn't two legs, it's just one thing. It is a very complex muscle. Welcome to the show. What is the show? Simply put, the hosts arrive each episode armed with elaborate and convoluted theories. They and their guests share and discuss back and forth until one theory reigns supreme. There isn't actually a winner or a loser, it's just a fun game between friends. Still unsure on the rules? Well, please, let me explain. And welcome back to Let Me Explain. I'm your host, Emily. And uh, this week, God decided to take something very personal away from me, uh, being able to consume citrus, because I most definitely have a citrus allergy.
1: That is horrifying. And I am your host, Tarei. And although what you are about to hear is a work of fiction, it should nevertheless be played at maximum volume. And on this episode we watched what is probably my favorite weird out of pocket strange movie on the face of the planet, Velvet Goldmine.
0: Definitely a weird
1: movie. 100%. Yes.
0: But very fun. I'm not one for roller coasters, but this one did send me on an emotional roller coaster.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. It's It's a it's certainly is a hell of a ride.
0: Yeah. A big preface, uh, which is definitely already in the description if you're looking at this right now. Uh, the This is a not-safe-for-work movie.
1: Oh yeah, this is... You... Yeah. yeah. If, if, if you are a child, do not watch this movie. It is rated R, and I will find you.
0: It is rated R for a reason.
1: A very good reason.
0: Please trust us. Now, also, you might also be thinking uh, for a second, hey, um, Morgan, you sound different. Uh, that's because <laughs> uh, the great cosmos of time and uh, life uh, has consumed Morgan, in which uh, Morgan has moved on to greater and better. I'm making it sound like Morgan's dead. <laughs> yeah. No, Morgan just can't do the podcast Morgan, anymore. Yeah,
1: Morgan, Morgan's not dead. I But hello, I'm Tarei. I am taking over for Morgan. And that's
0: hey, cool. Hey, t- yeah, hey, Tere, can you hit me with those hot pronouns real quick?
1: Oh, yeah, those are going to be they, them for you, buddy.
0: Yeah, and mine are she and they. I I put them in the in the description, I'm pretty sure, but... Possibly. You know, you want to hear it from us. Okay. Yeah. So, now allow uh, Tere to basically sort of s- sweep you away on a wonderful, I don't know, plot-based... <laughs> not a roller coaster, a magic carpet ride? I, I've I hate maybe? metaphors. Just tell what's the movie about? What's the movie about? Please okay. go.
1: So, Velvet Goldmine, which if if you are a a David Bowie fan, you'll recognize the title as a very popular David Bowie song of the same name, is a love story wrapped in a a gay acid trip that is based on the life of David Bowie. But is told entirely in flashbacks, and the script is a decent majority Oscar Wilde quotes. So it's very, 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 very gay, and that's really the highlight about the film is it's very do you, gay. Um,
0: do you want to keep just saying varies for a bit because that like that can like pad out the episode just a little bit. <laughs> Like if we could get like a couple more minutes uh, of berries yeah. because even even that is not gonna actually lead up to just how queer this movie is.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean besides the Oscar Wilde and uh, and the David Bowie um, and the glam rock in general, there is also just an I mean. I, I don't even want to I don't even want to give a I don't want to give away the aliens yet like I don't want to talk about it until we actually get into the theories but
0: th- but this but it, this is this is a complete <laughs> spoiler podcast that
1: is true there's and there's, if
0: you and if you haven't watched the movie yet I'm very sorry
1: yeah this is, you
0: should go just stop the episode right now yeah, okay, okay. mute the, the, go, the episode
1: and go watch the movie
0: yeah because you mute you're the gonna episode let it play. Play the whole episode so that we get a couple more like playthroughs. Yes. Then while you're watching the movie, then listen to the episode.
1: Yes. That's because so, you are gonna watch the movie.
0: Yeah. So speaking of aliens, how does this how does this movie start? So the movie
1: starts with a spaceship dropping off a baby Oscar Wilde on the doorstep of his parents' house. And then he quotes an Iggy pop song and then we meet Jack Ferry who is one of the best characters in the movie who literally doesn't speak at all but just looks really good all of the time and I mean that's kind of a summary of how the movie starts and then you it explodes into this multicolored nightmare of 70s font for all the title credits amongst a group of kids in platform shoes running around london towards the lyceum theater theater to go see none other than the main character brian slade aka maxwell demon which is obviously a the david bowie character and riffing off of his ziggy stardust phase except he's got blue hair instead of red hair and it also there you we see our kind of our lead character arthur because everything kind of revolves around his story and what happens is we see arthur in the crowd at brian's show intercut with brian being talked about on the bbc saying that he's had premonitions of being assassinated at his show so brian goes on stage the concert starts before brian even gets to sing Arthur looks up into the corner, sees a shadowy figure in a trench coat and a big hat, pull out a gun and shoots Brian Slade right in the chest in the middle of concert. Then the guy leaves and Arthur looks back at the stage and then everything fades out and then we see Brian Slade faked his own death and disappeared for years. And then we cut to 1984 where Arthur is an adult and not a troubled gay homeless teenager and he works for a news company and his boss is like, hey, While we're, uh, waiting for fake Ronald Reagan to get here, why don't we have you, Arthur, the closeted homosexual in the early 80s, do a report on whatever happened to Brian Slade and cause you to relive all of your past trauma that we don't know about, because we can't know you're gay, because then you'll be fired. And that's how the movie starts. So, right within the first five to seven minutes, you... You take a a very take several emotional dips into very interesting places right off the bat
0: some some very some very deep and like sticky emotional dips because it'll it'll suddenly have you going through just some of the like the loneliest, saddest emotions ever. And then it just immediately pulls you out of it. oh, yeah, no, now he's on a subway, and it's oh, yeah. fine, and it's good.
1: And then he sees his, uh, his future and also past one, uh, his one, his past one night stand and his future, uh, husband, according to Ewan McGregor, Kurt. And they make eye contact and it's beautiful. And he talks about, there's a voiceover that says, uh, everything in my life has led back to you. And if that's not gay culture, I don't know what is pining. So much pining.
0: Velvet gold pine.
1: Yes! That's what the movie should be I don't, ha- I don't be have called. a setup
0: for that, just that, yeah. <laughs> that's
1: just what it, that's what we're calling it now. It's 80% of the movie is just Arthur pining after Kurt and Kurt pining after Arthur.
0: So, yeah, we have all that stuff. Arthur gets sent to go do some investigation, and he basically kind of meets up with all of these important, poignant people from Brian Slade's life.
1: The three major points through his life and his career.
0: And I don't remember the names of some of them, but it's his his like first producer. His, yep, Cecil, with
1: the two Cecil. old queens that needed translation in the Sombrero Club. One of the best scenes in the entire film, hands down, are those two C- old queens.
0: So much of the stuff that we're saying is so fucking whack. Please watch this movie. I'm
1: literally begging you to watch the movie. It's... mm, It's So good. So good. We have Cecil, um, who's the first one. And then um, Mandy, Brian's wife. And then we have... um, I think that's it. Those are the only two ones that we see. um, Yeah. Are those ones. Kurt. Oh, Kurt. well, he doesn't interview Kurt. He tries to, but then he's not able to. Yeah. He, because he calls Kurt, like, towards the end and is like, hey, I was told, I could that you had some information, and then Kurt has those two guys sitting in front of him, because they're like, we know you know who Brian Slade is, and you can't tell anybody. Because there's a big plot twist at the end, that Brian Slade got a lot of plastic surgery and became an entirely different pop star named tommy stone but it's
0: it's just wonderful (laughs) oh yeah yeah so i'm gonna do the quick like filler pieces plot of the movie and such okay uh real quick basically uh brian slade is you know not going by that name yet Uh, is kind of a failed guitarist not really doing very well people aren't exactly enjoying uh, him and his producer Cecil basically is kind of you know uh, Cecil and Brian's wife Mandy are trying to get him these different gigs Uh, one of them at this little park does not go very well and as Brian is about to leave in a huff
1: someone comes onto
0: the stage a drama queen like none ever (laughs) None other. The
1: fur coat and the the gown. (laughs) That's (sighs) gay, baby. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, a wonderful individual by the name of...
1: Oh, Kurt Wild. Kurt fucking Wild. God bless.
0: What's Kurt's last name? Is it Kurt Russell? (laughs) Wild. Okay, well, I wasn't exactly... I got a... Sorry, I got a little bit distracted. (laughs) Because... In that scene, uh, Kurt Wilde proceeds to cover himself with glitter and also baby oil and sort of let his, let his hands go on their own little solo adventure down into his own pants while he performs, uh, and eventually the pants decide that they would actually rather stick more close to the ground, uh, in which he does just drop his pants Completely. You do, you do see it. You do see it all.
1: Yep. This, this is, uh, as, as the, the Monty Python episode in season one, I love, I very much enjoy full frontal nudity. That's what you get. It's it, and it's Ewan McGregor. So it's not too bad because it's Ewan McGregor pre Obi-Wan.
0: Yeah. That, that is, that is a very important thing that, I, I did watch this movie just going, ah, Obi-Wan's doing that. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, that's what Obi-Wan has down there. There we go. <laughs> Look at that. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so uh, seeing seeing Kurt Wilde perform like that inspires Brian Slade. Uh, and he kind of has this whole different style. He starts to book a couple gigs. He does sort of a music video. And then this other producer basically wins the rights to produce with Brian via uh, an arm-wrestle. He literally arm-wrestles with this weak, twinkish British man.
1: And then Eddie Izzard is Brian Slade's manager for the rest of the movie.
0: Yeah. And Brian proceeds to go on to bigger and better fame. Uh, At one point, uh, meeting up with Jack Ferry... Uh, stopping by while Jack Ferry is kind of doing their makeup in the mirror and steals this green pin off of Jack Ferry's uh, lapel. This this green pin shows up a lot. And, I, and it's not exactly hinted what it does. Nope. It was left on Oscar Wilde's baby blanket when the aliens left him there. And then it was lost. And Jack Ferry found it after being beat up in a schoolyard, found it in the mud and the dirt, did that instantly just became this queer sensation. Uh, And then Brian basically gives a nice deep kiss to Jack Ferry and And, does steal that pin.
1: Yep. And then later gives it to Kurt, who then at the end of the movie gives it to Arthur.
0: This Mm -hmm. pin
1: journeys quite a lot.
0: It is is quite a time. Things kind of go from there. Brian Slade is getting bigger and bigger. Then he basically says, I... If there's one person I want to meet, there's one person I want to work with, it's Kurt Wild. So his producer flies him to America. They find Kurt Wild. Kurt's not doing very good. Kurt
1: is a drug uh, addict.
0: He is a, he he is is a, a drug addict. He's a
1: cokehead, And he's not doing so hot.
0: He is not doing very great. But they kind of clean him up a little bit. They bring him on over uh, to Britain to kind of record a record a new album together uh, there's there's a one, bunch of little fun little notable things they start to have a little bit of a romance together um, you know I think Brian sort of fellates Kurt's oh, the, guitar The guitar on, fellatio. on stage. yes. the guitar fellatio
1: which is a thing that David Bowie actually did to the Spiders from Mars guitarist Mick Ronson during a concert I have the picture in a David Bowie magazine somewhere
0: So very much sticking to the wonderful accuracy of the life that is David Bowie. uh, Things kind of continue along. Uh, There starts to be tension between the two, uh, ultimately kind of leading to them both breaking up uh, as a couple and as a sort of band duo. Uh, Going from there at that point, goodness, what else happens? Um, Well, a death is faked.
1: Yep, he fakes his death. And mm-hmm. becomes Tawny, Tommy Stone, but nobody mm-hmm. knows about that at that point, not even Mandy, because they didn't tell his wife that he was going to fake his death because Brian is a big asshole.
0: They forgot to tell her, and, yep. it, makes, and it makes me so angry. I know. But going from there, uh, goes along uh, at the same time, Arthur is, you know, meeting up with Cecil and then meeting up with Mandy, and eventually he goes... Uh, to the Tommy Stone concert, uh, kind of, you know, basically, it's just like I've kind of figured it out. And he's like, "Hey, what do you say about the allegations that you have connections to to, the, to Brian Slade?" Mm-hmm. And immediately gets kind of ushered away. Uh, at some point, Mandy also divorced Brian.
1: Yep, right after he faked his death, she showed up and handed in the papers and then left. Yeah, good for her. <sighs>
0: yeah she good deserves fucking good for her and fuck, Arthur fuck goes to a bar and, and just by coincidence runs into Kurt Wild and mm-hmm. Kurt shows off that he actually has the pin and the last wonderful thing that he does is he tries to give the pin to Arthur Arthur refuses and so he puts it into his beer And when Arthur Arthur drinks, drinks. he just spits Spits it out, out. and there's the pin in his hand. Mm -hmm. And now he's got a reason to go back after him.
1: Uh, And then Ewan McGregor's tweet that simultaneously keeps me up at night, but also helps me sleep.
0: Ewan McGregor basically confirmed it.
1: Yeah, Ewan McGregor in a tweet in 2015 that I have as my pinned tweet on Twitter, if you want to go check it out. Um, Somebody asked him uh, how he thinks Kurt and if he thinks Kurt and Arthur ended up together at the end of the movie. And let me pull up that tweet real quick, because that is Mm -hmm. incredible. But the tweet said, yes, they did. They live in North London. They run a recording studio. Sober kids all good. And I live and die by that tweet. That is the only thing I will ever accept in regards to the end of Velvet Goldmine. And that's it.
0: This summary was long, but fuck is it important because there are so many different plot points and things that get touched on that I'm going to be honest, even after just watching the movie literally last week, this this is helping me actually remember everything that I need to know. So oh, yeah. we're going to get to the fun part now That all of you love and all of you crave uh, It's time for the theories And I have 2.5 of them
1: I have a full three
0: Alright you. It's your first time on the show
1: Yes, yes it is
0: Would you like to kick it off?
1: I would. I would absolutely love to do that So let's see so my first theory, um, because I, I, after we finished the movie, I started frantically googling things Oscar Wilde related because that's what I do after I watch Velvet Goldmine. I just Google Oscar Wilde things. Well, and, that's actually
0: just kind of what you do normally.
1: <laughs> I mean, that, you're you're not wrong. You're really not. Mm-hmm. But I decided I was googling and I was like, huh, and my brain because. Um, a lot of times when you see Kurt's name outside of subtitles, or at least um, a lot of people assume that his his last name is spelled Wild the same way as Oscar Wilde's. it's really not. But a lot of that's the kind of the fans have decided that that's actually how he spells his name.
0: Oh, my God. He has the same last name. Yeah. So. I. How did I not notice? All right. Anyway, I'm a dumbass. Continue. Yes.
1: So. So my brain is like. So, the likelihood that Kurt is a descendant of Oscar Wilde is slim to none. However, what if he and Arthur are reincarnations of Oscar and, um, uh, Alfred Douglas?
0: Ooh. Yes. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Because Kurt has the last name, and then Arthur Stewart and Alfred Douglas are generally pretty similar.
0: Actually, as a fact, in all of my text conversations with you about this movie, I have been referring to. Should you say Arthur Douglas and what was the there, other name? It's
1: Alf. So Alfred Douglas.
0: Okay, and never then mind. Arthur. Never mind. Arthur Cut Stewart. everything I said. I was going to say something about how I called him Luther all the time. Mm-hmm. No. Okay, Emily. 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 Future Emily. Future Emily. Please look me in the eyes. You can't do that because it's audio. You just. You just fucked up you just fucked up and you just showed that you this is all gonna get cut out i can already tell this is funny enough that i'm not gonna actually cut it out but okay okay <laughs> take my hand follow got... me just just slice just slice these parts out you sound like a dumbass okay you have umbrella right, academy
1: cool. on the brain emily
0: i do have umbrella academy on the brain and that's good though because it's
1: good because we, we get to watch episode two tomorrow
0: Y'all, I'm sorry, I love Velvet Mine, but just real, just real quick, this is a testament to how much I love you, that, like, Umbrella Academy has very quickly developed into one of my most intense special interests.
1: Oh,
0: 100%. I literally oh, didn't, I literally forgot to sleep a couple days ago, and I could have watched all of it. I could have watched the entire season two. And
1: you didn't. And I didn't. You waited. <sighs> oh, that's such a good God. show! I can't wait for tomorrow when we get to watch. Hopefully, okay. More so, star-crossed two. lovers. Yes.
0: We got we got some star-crossed lovers. We mm-hmm. got some reincarnation. Yes. And they always find each other. They do.
1: It's very like because it's very Romeo yeah. and Juliet-ish. But like, uh-huh. if it was better.
0: Without being, without being like, one of them's a really young teen and one of them's an older teen. And the death part. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. And they do literally see each other on the subway. Or as Kurt, Kurt's going up and... Arthur's uh,
1: going down and it's...
0: Almost called him Luther again. (laughs) Arthur's going down. It's a representation of how Kurt is doing so much better. And he's, he's ascending out of his trauma. And Arthur... Is about to go back down into his zone, mm-hmm. and then he gets stuck in in the because he's a dumbass and he's reminiscing too much, and he <laughs> and he, he doesn't get stuff. up when the subway doors open, <laughs> and then they're closed. He's like, ah, I am trapped in a metaphorical prison. And the guys like, can you, can you stop talking on the subway, please sit down.
1: It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what happened. I don't know, I don't know. That's yeah, that's the that's exactly how that scene went.
0: Oh, you, well you know the five minute scene in Velvet Goldmine where like Arthur is berated by a man who is just like just this old as dirt elderly man just going off about like you're worse than one of the people who plays the saxophone really really shitty on the pod- on not on the podcast on the subway uh, really okay <laughs> I've decided I don't actually have the emotional energy to play a mean old man
1: that's super fair
0: yeah. Okay. So, do you have anything else to add to your theory? Do you have anything else to back up your theory?
1: So, the biggest thing is the a the fact that they always always find each other and mm-hmm. um it's I mean it just kind of felt right when I was thinking about it because the the more I started thinking about like, how how do they always manage to find each other over and over and over again? It's like their entire existences revolve around the other person, but they don't actually realize it yet. Yeah. Because their, their lives really do kind of are cyclical to each other. Their stories, their life stories that they have are are mm-hmm. cyclical. Their, their trauma is even
0: cyclical. So that is, that's beautiful, that is heartwarming, that is adorable, and um, just just to make sure, are, are, are you are you done with your theory? Yes, I am. Okay, done with all that. right. I will continue to pretend like I'm commenting on it. Oh, that is oh, that's so perfect. It's it's just oh, my heart is full. Um, Jack Fairy is immortal because they found the Oscar Wilde pin.
1: Yes, when found, 100%. not when stolen.
0: It grants the wearer immortality. This I say because in every scene we ever see Jack Ferry, they look the exact same. Never different. Simply will never age. As a side effect, anyone who has the pin will become extremely queer. Jack Ferry found it in the mud at a very young age, and they had it for so long and had some of the most exposure to it that we see in the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Their
0: outfits, their costumes, the production, oh! and the grandeur.
1: The the ostrich feather stole during the Death of Glitter concert alone. The gravitas. It is,
0: it is so over the top. That is and serious. then Brian Slade stole it. Yes. And rose to fame and became more and more extra. Had it what? Maybe like four years or something like that? Yeah. Um,
1: about because then he gave it to Kurt.
0: Yeah. And then Kurt continued to be more popular and Brian faked his death and left the scene. And then Kurt... Gave it to Luther at the... Oh my god, my fucking... Okay. Arthur. So Kurt gave the pin to Luther from the Umbrella Academy. <laughs> Just kidding. No. he's. Nay, nay. He hasn't been redeemed yet in our eyes, so... No, we'll... not yet. He's still... We'll hope that season two does that.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, okay, so Kurt gave it to Arthur at the very end so we can assume he will become super queer again and instead of dressing like a suburban dad all the time.
1: He'll gain some of that incredible fashion sense back that he got while living with his band friends.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, I I do have one very important thing to add on that does very much counteract your own theory. Yes. So, real quick, to summarize, Jack Ferry is an immortal being because they found the pin, not just stole it from someone. Mm-hmm. But of course this would also mean as the one who was literally found with it on his blanket when the aliens left him on the doorstep of an orphanage or something. I don't remember what exactly it was. But that would mean, one, Oscar Wilde has the most exposure to it. Because, you know, he has the most time and exposure. uh, Yes, He's an extremely prolific and famous queer author. But what does scare me is that does mean that Oscar Wilde is immortal and is just running around in the background (laughs) of the movie.
1: You know, honestly, that considering that this this is a Todd Haynes film, and the same man also made Carol. That would not necessarily surprise me very much. It really would. It would not surprise me if that was in fact a plot point.
0: Yeah. So pause the podcast, or once again, let it play through. Just you know, remember remember your timestamp wherever you are right yes. now, uh, and watch the movie again for us on half speed. And I want you to find all the hidden Oscar Wilds. <laughs> okay we're gonna play a little where's wild right now and we're just gonna we're just gonna find him we're just gonna find him in every little piece every little scene oh you can't God. see it but i'm doing this fun little pick and motion <laughs> uh you know he's around there uh that's that's actually <gasps>
1: that'd be a fun That that would be a fun rewatch of the movie
0: Velvet Goldmine is just a giant Where's Wild game. That's why everyone is doing crazy, whack-ass shit, and they're always dressed up in different outfits every single scene. Every scene, every scene is a new double pager. It's a double pager because those ones are the best, and those ones have the most great information. Can you tell that I was a child who had ADHD but very, very undiagnosed? (laughs) Uh, The important thing is that every single scene is a double pager of a nice game of Where's Wild. And like, it's going around and you know, every, every page, every page is, uh, you know, find Brian Slade, uh, find Mandy who looks really grumpy in the corner, find the, the most fabulous groupie of, of his entire squad.
1: Ugh. I'm in love with her. She's, just, she's so, so pretty. Ugh. In the gold, the, the gold scene that's just all Oscar Wilde quotes, and the pure white afro, just. God.
0: She is she is the only, black woman in like the squad, mm-hmm. and she also I feel like I feel like she snuck in and just like cut a little sliver off the pin because her outfits every time are just impeccable I know. and amazing. Oh. So she's so she's on the Where's Wild. She's on the Where's Wild page. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think I think the pin is hidden everywhere mm-hmm. in every single one of the Where's Wild pages. I've deviated from the theory now, and we are just creating <laughs> a children's book. I hope that's okay.
1: That's totally uh, fine. Actually,
0: no, 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 no. Not a children's book. No, uh <laughs> that is, This is, would be the opposite
1: is, of the children's book.
0: <laughs> it is most definitely a not safe for work version. Of, of a, of a children's, a, of a children's book. Yeah. This is, this is your cool adult table coffee, like coffee table book mm-hmm. that you have there. I don't know if you know, but at my house, we just have like a big book that's full of like photography of lesbian erotica.
1: I love that. Yeah. I love that my, for you. My,
0: I don't know how it happened, but my girlfriend suddenly has that book. So actually <laughs> right now it's on, it's on. On one of our bookshelves, next to the cookbooks, because we don't have really a coffee table right now, yeah. but I'm sure I'm sure we'll get one and we can put our 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 lesbian erotica <laughs> lesbian photography erotica book. book. <laughs> That's so perfect. You know, I have a, I have a quick question. Yeah. Um. In the in the scene in the scene where Kurt Wild is like first shown and such. Yes. Would would since since you know since Brian doesn't have the have have the pin yet but Jack Ferry's not in the scene No
1: Brian does have it? the pin by then He'd
0: already oh, Brian does have the pin
1: Yeah he he stole it from Brian he stole it from Jack the night he met Mandy And in oh. that scene he and Mandy are already married Okay Yeah
0: All right Okay I was going to make a very crass joke but I think I that is that that, that doesn't that doesn't stick to the um to the cannon that we're building so Ah, you know yeah i'm going to i'm going to avoid that
1: at some point i would like to hear it though
0: just okay Okay. all right okay okay (laughs) for the next 10 seconds for the next 10 seconds turn off turn off your audio if you don't want to hear it all right okay We're gonna start now basically what i'm thinking is that when kurt wilde bends over he actually has one of those bejeweled butt plugs but it's the pin okay (laughs) cool all right, wait, wait. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Welcome back to. Uh, welcome back to. Let me explain. Uh, if you avoided the psychic damage of that, you. Uh, you are currently more of a moral human being than either of us. Welcome back to our. Hi. Hi. My name's Emily. Welcome back to our Belly of Sin. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's my theory. Um Oscar Wilde and Jack Ferry are both immortal and the entire movie itself, I guess, is a, uh, it's a where's Waldo for parody.
1: Oscar Wilde the whole time.
0: I swear, I swear I only had the pin piece. I only had the just like, oh, it's immortal and you gay. But <laughs> now we have I mean, that.
1: Both are very good ideas. Because I would not put that past Todd Haynes as a director to just be like, oh yes, this pin. Makes all the characters homosexual. That's, yeah, I can work, we can work with that. And he did.
0: I've, I've never actually been more driven in my life, I think, to have, to have this become, like, a big podcast that a lot of people listen to, specifically so that someone <laughs> can make an art page that is a Where's Wild, just, like,
1: Oh, I, thing. I would pay so much money for that.
0: Yeah, if we get, hey, if we get to episode 200... We will release. We will find an artist. We'll commission an artist, and we will release a Where's Wild poster.
1: Oh, abs- yes, 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 yes. A thousand. We're times making
0: yes. some big, heavy promises right <laughs> off the bat, but
1: tell your friends. Tell your family. Don't let your family watch this movie with you.
0: <laughs> Please don't let your family watch this movie with you. No,
1: you, 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 you would regret letting your family watch this film with you.
0: Please have a priest on standby when you are watching this movie your mother Uh, will
1: pass out i can guarantee not
0: the movie priest uh (laughs) however i'm sure we will do that episode in the future
1: oh i sure hope so
0: it's on the list it's on the list i have hi hi my name is emily i have a list now yeah (laughs) i know i'm a pretty cool podcaster thank you very much yeah what's up (laughs) boom oh you it's an audio medium you didn't see it but i did just dunk a basketball of course you did. And it was, and it, yeah, it was really good. And Oscar Wilde just walked in. He gave me a trophy and he was like, hey, you did the best, Emily. Here you go. Years of immortality has warped my voice to this. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so you have a theory. I do. Please, please save me from what I've just, what I just said and created.
1: <laughs> okay. So my second theory is that um, how a person is, um, comes into possession of the pin, um, plays into how the rest of their life plays out
0: oh damn
1: yeah because Jack Ferry finds it after the A having something super super traumatic happen to him because he's getting beat up by a bunch of bullies and he he just finds it after a hundred years and he's just or Jack is just like oh okay this I, I can do something with this And then he makes lipstick out of blood and looks fabulous for the rest of the movie. (laughs) But it's, like, the finding of it, because then Jack finds all of these other characters. Like, he finds the pin, but then towards the end of Kurt and um, Brian's relationship, he find he seeks out and finds Kurt in Germany after Kurt leaves Brian. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Jack, Jack's kind of the, Jack is the, the finder. Jack is the Hufflepuff. Um, and Brian steals it.
0: No, no, stop. No, stop the podcast. Please stop the podcast. All right. Are you in park? Are you in park now? Okay. All right. Okay. Did you just, did you just make, is I don't even know if that's a Harry Potter reference. I, I know it's are a. are
1: particularly good finders.
0: Okay, <laughs> so you you did you did just make I did make an, a very Potter musical reference. I did
1: 100 percent make an AVPM reference. You're very welcome.
0: <sighs> Gonna have to do an episode on that now too. Oh, absolutely,
1: right. we will. I love. Okay, All right, go
0: ahead, continue.
1: Okay, so Brian's
0: but uh, but but. Yeah. <laughs> I will be ready to put you on blast. Okay, go Okay.
1: Ahead. <laughs> okay. So Brian, as we know, steals from Jack. And then um, he essentially, he steals everything that he doesn't deserve from all these people around him in his life. So like, the thing that made me think about that is the comment that Mandy makes when she gives him the divorce papers is like, um, she something of, like how she gave her youth to him. And I was like, so he he stole her he stole her girlhood, and her youth. Oh he he stole all of his fans' attention, and then he stole essentially Kurt's heart, and Cecil's heart, and all these other and um, Shannon's heart. That bitch. I really hate Shannon. <laughs> I, I do not yeah, like I Shannon. <laughs> I ever find her, it's on sight. Coming in strapped. Shannon. just you
0: just you just see the actress and you're like this one's for velvet gold motherfucker <laughs> yes wear up exactly exactly oh god oh goodness
1: felony charge was... for beating the shit out of shannon from velvet gold mine
0: uh-huh. <laughs> <sighs> what fuck you were gonna i i was gonna say something funny <laughs> I, had I had a joke, joke i had a joke <laughs> okay help me get help me get back to the joke help okay. Me back. okay okay okay, okay. All right, I need you to say all of your words again, and okay. then I'll know it, Okay. I'll know it again. So, okay, so... Kurt... St- steals, steals the youth.
1: Kurt steals uh, Mandy's youth, Kurt and Cecil's parts. Um, yeah. And... I remember
0: it now. Okay. I remember it now. Okay. Brian did, like, literally did all of that. He's He just took from all of these people. All that end up as, like, a 40-something terrifying looking motherfucker he look he looks like if he was like a wax figure from the night at the museum and came to life but they didn't like they didn't fix any of his features he's just he's just like that
1: he's the he's the raw photoshop he's the raw unedited non photoshopped version of like the ugliest plastic surgery that they could find for him Oh man,
0: he listen okay. Minus the hair, he just looks like Timmy Turner's dad.
1: <laughs> that is true.
0: In like a in like a silver glittery outfit, I I hate how oh, he I, looks so I much. I don't
1: like that observation. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need well, you to know I hate that with all of my heart.
0: Listen, okay. This is what happened. Brian Slade didn't actually get plastic surgery. He just used his energy vampire powers and made his way over uh, to, one, a glitter factory, and he absorbed that, and, two, uh, to the eternal resting place of Elvis, and he just tried to, like, get as much energy and vibes out of him as he could.
1: Oh, and then he, like, and then he became a Republican?
0: Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah? Wow, que. Only, only true queer icon, Stan, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a, I'm doing a very quivering salute right now. Oh, uh, oh, God! Please don't take that soundbite out of context.
1: Oh no, somebody's definitely gonna take that soundbite out of uh, context. Prepare. No, 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 no! no, no, no. <laughs> I want to
0: piss on his grave. I want to piss on his grave. I, I promise.
1: <laughs> we all do. It's fine. Him and Thomas I'm Jefferson. I'm trans, and
0: all of my medications are diuretics. I do it specifically so I can piss on Ronald Reagan's grave someday. <laughs> I swear.
1: Oh, my God. I'll go with you. We'll uh,
0: go thanks. together. Yeah.
1: And then, then you ch- Yep. Road trip. Yep, road trip. Road
0: trip. That ends very awkwardly. Yep,
1: <laughs> and then you come with me to Thomas Jefferson's grave.
0: Yes, please. And I
1: absolutely deface it. And then I put mm-hmm. justice for Sally Hemings on it. Because that's exactly what Thomas Jefferson deserves. I hate that gross proto neckbeardian man.
0: I can't believe he also, like, wore a Miku binder. That's weird. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, glitter does cause sexual arousal in this movie.
1: Yes. 100%.
0: I do honestly think that that, you know... That good sparkly snow just kind of makes people feel fabulous and ready to, um, you know, get sodomized by Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, because the two times we see it, are either Kurt covers himself in baby oil and glitter and does his little thing on the stage, and by that, I mean himself, uh, yeah. and also while on the rooftop with Arthur, my notes all say Luther on them, <laughs> the- The damn spaceship (laughs) Which I still don't know why it's in the movie, and I'm so happy we have this show together so that I can possibly try and even come up with even the stupidest fucking theory to help me (laughs) understand understand it. (laughs) But then it flies over and it coats them uh, with glitter, and they do go at it a bunch more. Oh yeah. So
1: Which uh, I I would like to share the the filming story of that particular scene, if I may, because oh, it, yes. is perti- it is a particular it is a favorite of mine. So, um, uh, according to Ewan McGregor and Christian Bale, both when they were in fact filming that that particular sex scene, um, Todd Haynes, the director, uh, cut called a cut to filming, but he just let. The two of them keep going because they were having a moment (laughs) and they didn't know that filming was cut because they were just having- they were vibing together and both of them were so embarrassed that they could not look each other in the eye for the next several days because they just- they let them go for like a good like extra five minutes. And just didn't say anything, and I think
0: that's beautiful. Listen, okay, they're they're doing re- they're recording. They they cut off the camera, and then you know the sound guy leans over to Todd Haynes and he goes, um, are we gonna tell them to stop? And he's like, and not let them finish. <laughs> I and then he like puts a hand on his shoulder, looks him deep in the eye, and goes like, come on, sound guy, I'm an ally. <laughs> no,
1: Todd Haynes is gay.
0: He's. He actually looks at him and he goes, actually, I am gay now after watching this.
1: (laughs) Poetic, incredible, Mm -hmm. powerful. And that's why this movie started the new queer cinema movement, Mm -hmm. because that's that's what this movie did. All hail Todd Haynes, king of gay movies.
0: Fun fact, unlike Therese, uh, not true. Uh, The reason why they only had a scene between Arthur and Kurt at the very, very end of the movie is because they actually did shoot that last and it had been enough time that they were like, okay, yes, we can look each other in the eye. Also, we have mentioned that, like, you know, it's and McGregor yes. playing Kurt. We have not mentioned that Arthur is played <laughs> by Christian Bale. Bale.
1: <laughs> Arthur is played by none other than Batman.
0: So Obi-Wan does fuck Batman in this movie. <laughs>
1: yeah, that is... A hundred percent a real thing that you can tell people when you've watched this movie is that you have watched Obi Wan Kenobi himself have sex with Batman, and that's a power move. You can you can and share that at canon. Con- yeah, you can you can share that little tidbit at conventions when like uh, aggressive neckbeards try and tell you you're not a real uh, nerd, and then you can tell them, oh yeah, well. Here's this, this movie. Guess who, guess who gets fucked by Obi-Wan Kenobi? Batman.
0: Now, now, now you listen here, Mr. Morally Opposed Deodorant. <laughs> I did watch Obi-Wan Fuck Batman. So I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but you haven't done enough work for this fandom. And also your fan fiction where Obi-Wan fucks Batman is not fanfiction anymore.
1: It's, it's basically real. just plagiarism. <laughs> You're plagiarizing please, Todd Haynes, and I'm. Afraid please, I'm please have to get, contact. please get
0: out of Anime Con. I do not want you here. <laughs> yes.
1: And also, if you. Oh, pla- Hatsune
0: Miku. Okay. And then, and then you walk away. <laughs> yes. You know how people tell jokes about scenarios, and they don't, they don't, they just end it right there. Like I want to give them like a proper ending. Yeah. You know, they actually, they actually go away. So, are you ready for my? So. Are you
1: ready for my last theory?
0: I am. Okay. I'm very ready.
1: And this this is probably like my favorite one that I came up with that kind of does put a put a bit of a dent in your the pin equals immortality theory. Because and I, I need to pref I need to I need to preface so, this with how so I So we up are with just coming
0: up with theories to like beat each other <laughs> and win.
1: <laughs> I mean
0: Oh, it's actually like how the podcast is supposed to work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay go ahead okay so this and I, I, I need to preface this by explaining how I came up with this theory So my the I was thinking about theories and I I realized that so you, the scene where Brian steals the pin from Jack Jack doesn't tell Brian that the pin came from Oscar Wilde We don't it's not even clear that Jack Ferry, even knows that the pin came from Oscar Wilde. So why does Brian know that? How does Brian know that to tell Kurt when he gives Kurt the pin? Because we're not even sure that the person that he stole the pin from even is um, aware of that information. Magic,
0: magic dreams? So Magic dreams. So,
1: so, 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 so. Follow me here. So,
0: so, barring, barring magic dreams.
1: Yes. Barring magic dreams, what if Instead of being in Im- like, instead of like having stolen the pin for selfish reasons, what if Brian is one of the aliens?
0: Huh. That would explain why he doesn't seem to give a fuck about others' feelings because he just doesn't understand. Yeah. He's wait. He's not wait a second. Wait a second is the maxwell demon his his no skin suit form
1: i see that's that's another thing that i was considering because we only ever see it once and it's in the very end of the movie um during the tumbling down scene which is kind of the the final farewell we have to brian because it's the last time we see brian as brian in the whole movie
0: it's the last time we see Brian as attractive in the movie.
1: Yeah, it's it's the last time we see Brian it's the last time we see Brian Slade as Brian Slade. And we also but we see the demon for the first time in the in the music video for the song Ballad of Maxwell Demon. And my my other thought is because like the the plastic surgery that Brian gets is like really good for the late 70s early 80s. Mm -hmm. So my my thought is, what if it wasn't plastic surgery? What if he just changed his shape and um, has sworn Shannon and Jerry to secrecy? Because they're still working for him at at that point.
0: I'm sorry I'm not having a lot of commentary here. That's just fucking with me. That's really good. Why'd you bring an actual good theory to this show? (laughs) Do you not know what we do
1: here? I mean, it wasn't intentional. I was just like, what if Brian's an alien? And then I realized, holy shit, that might actually make sense. That's...
0: (sighs) Okay, all right. I would like to do a formal apology um, (laughs) to our listeners um, for bringing an actual good theory um, to the podcast. And we are really sorry about that for any of the mind expansion that may have occurred after that, or continued thought after the podcast actually ends. Um, I will be sure to add in a couple more jokes, uh, just you know, <laughs> throughout the end of the episode um, to make to make sure uh, to hopefully make up for that uh, horrible transgression. Uh, I please I hope that you can uh, still uh, give Trey the chance uh, that they deserve uh, to you know actually. Uh, win you all back and win your trust back.
1: I'm deeply sorry. Uh,
0: you didn't hear You didn't hear that, right?
1: Huh? Hear what?
0: Yeah, so yeah, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> that, that's a cool, hey, that's a cool theory. It's a cool theory.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cause, like, I, I was just thinking, like, it was the last theory I thought about, and I just scribbled it down, like, Brian and Pin and Oscar Wilde connection, and I was like, Brian is either possessed by and or half glitter-spreading alien. And I decided it would make more sense if he was, in fact, an alien.
0: That's good, because the only other thing I can think of is, like, a My Precious kind of situation.
1: Yeah, but then he wouldn't
0: have
1: have given it to Kurt.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, homosexual love does stop all other curses or magic.
1: True. Like, if Smeagol just had a boyfriend, none of this would have happened. None of Lord of the Rings would have happened.
0: That's just how it is. God if Smeagol had a boyfriend, he w- he would be like, you know, I've I've accepted I've accepted my comb over. Um <laughs> I've I've started moisturizing a lot. Uh I am kind of dealing with my vitamin D deficiency. Uh more than more ways than one. Aha. Jesus. Uh, and you know, uh probably wear a suit like a
1: like a, like a hobbit like a, the closest hobbits ever get to suit wearing.
0: Mm, yeah. If 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 smeagol was a member of society like a proper member of society would he wear his pants like this or this (laughs) and then and then just just please just imagine two different images of him like gnarled over and then him standing like a like a normal hobbit
1: um he would definitely wear like normal hobbit breeches but like He's very very skinny, so we'd have to buy like this. He'd probably have to buy like a women's size double zero.
0: Oh, ooh, that's okay. (laughs) smeagol could make it work. He
1: he could. I trust. What if Smiegel
0: had Jack Fairy's ending like outfit? Oh, but like size size to him. Jesus,
1: no, absolutely. There'd be so much exposed like rib cage. No, I, I don't. What? I can't. No. Absolutely
0: not. It's just Smeagol's gay drama robe.
1: Yeah, but only Jack Ferry could pull that robe off like with that much ease, grace, drama, skill. I mean
0: maybe maybe Jack Ferry did pull it off and gave it to his boyfriend Smeagol.
1: No. <laughs> absolutely no. I'm love I'm let me stop you <laughs> right there
0: do we want to do we want to do we want to stop this uh this wonderful scenario
1: i mean
0: yeah okay all right okay pull out your key we're gonna all right lift up the hatch we're gonna insert our keys at the same time Mm -hmm. all right ready Yep. all right three two one turn 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 all right it turned and i'm gonna hit the kill fire switch okay there we go all right okay okay all right all right that scenario room is empty and clean we'll have our team in to sanitize that very Brilliant. quickly. Lovely. All right. I can't believe we killed Smeagol in this episode. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean fan favorite. Oh deeply unfortunate, but I'm I I feel as though it was the right choice mm-hmm. in the end.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, we now we now no longer pass the uh, doesn't bury their gaze uh, trope. Yeah. <sighs> Damn. Alright, okay.
1: All right, your your point 0.5 theory, your your half
0: theory. My my theory kind of an add-on to the little glitter thing. This this is kind of this is kind of barring the Jack Ferry uh got the pin stolen by an alien kind of thing. Yeah. Uh and just like, you know, just just saying that Brian gave the pin to Kurt. Ba- basically, my idea is that the aliens gave the pin to the wonderful baby Oscar Wilde Mm -hmm. uh, when they brought him to our home planet and left him here to become, you know, grand literary gay we all love and know, uh, we know and love today. Yes. However, uh, due to being in space and Earth not having, like, satellites and stuff, Mm -hmm. they they didn't, like, hear that Oscar had died yet. Mm Mm-hmm. And so they showed up really, really late. And they were like, oh, yeah, we got to, you know, that's our, that's our powerful, somewhat magical pin with powers that not cannot even be decided by two queer people on a podcast. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to do that. And, you know, they, they hone in on the pin's location and they fly on over because at the time Kurt has it <laughs> and they appear above, you know,
1: Kurt, Kurt and Arthur. Above the
0: roof. Yes. Above Kurt and Arthur. And And they show up and they're like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, crap. Sorry about that, you guys. Um, Ooh. Should not have come in at this moment. Um, Do you want some horny glitter? Here. Sorry about that. Christ. Fuck. Okay. Um, uh, Dude, dude, turn around. Let's go. Let's get out of here. And they just, you know, they just fly away. Yeah. So basically aliens are extremely socially awkward. Yeah. And they're basically like, we tried. We tried one time. Just leave it there. Just leave it there. That planet is X'd off our map. Just nobody go there anymore. We fucked up. I don't, I don't want to do it.
1: I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that seems because like they just drop the glitter and then they like leave again for no discernible reason. It's just a, it's just a weird story that Arthur can tell him and Kurt's future children one day. God, I love that sentence so much.
0: <laughs> yeah. The aliens just show up and just go, Alright, at this point you won. You won. Okay. <laughs>
1: it's like, yeah, this is this is your um y'all get kids later. <laughs> the glitter. <laughs> I hope I hope you guys like your future recording studio. <laughs> <laughs> Are the
0: aliens precogs?
1: I mean, I sure hope so. That's
0: that's how Oscar Wilde, through the use of the pin, gained gained some alien powers, and was like, "I would like to be a pop idol." Yeah,
1: and because like, that is
0: he knew he knew those lines. Yep,
1: yeah, he he knows Iggy Pop was was coming in the future, and he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna set the scene for you, Iggy, and I'm gonna give you all of the fans because."
0: Can't believe Iggy Pop was just like a huge, huge Oscar Wilde fan.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Legend, legends supporting legends.
0: I don't know who Iggy Pop is. You
1: you don't know who Iggy Pop is? I don't know oh who God. most
0: people are who are in movies or songs or so, things. Okay, so
1: Iggy Pop was a glam rock musician who were who also worked with David Bowie. And Kurt's Kurt's character okay. is based in uh-huh. part off of Iggy Pop. Ah, uh. because Kurt's character is like a mix of a bunch of other people who like worked with David Bowie through the course of his career. Like, uh, but he's towards the, like, when we see him at the Death of Glitter concert, that's very clearly an Iggy Pop look, because Iggy Pop looks like Kurt in 1976 the Death of Glitter concert.
0: Ah, so the aliens... Okay, so the aliens showed up, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they were like, they weren't awkward around sex. They just saw, oh, Kurt has got the pin, and they were like, ah, the one who was foretold by the gay child. Yeah. Perfect. And then they just flew away and then they (laughs) left.
1: Yep. After dropping the horny glitter.
0: Perfect. Okay.
1: That should be like a new D&D item. Horny glitter.
0: Horny glitter. It's a, uh,
1: it's like sex pollen, but it's glitter.
0: Horny glitter. Uh, it's a DC, uh, 14 constitution saving throw. Uh, however, the lower your intelligence is, i.e. the more of a himbo, uh, you are, that it adds a plus two to the save yeah i love it (sighs) okay do we have any final thoughts anything we want to review on anything we want to come back to
1: um well if if you sat through this whole podcast um and you have not watched the movie before you have made a mistake and you will pay for that mistake dearly when you actually do go and watch this movie especially if you are a gay person you should have watched the movie first We told you that. If
0: you, we told you, and if you have, if you, if you listen to this episode and you have not watched the movie in, okay, in like two to three years due to our current, uh, everything situation going on right now, uh, because, hey, if you're listening back to this as an old episode, we're in the wonderful year of 2020.
1: Oh, ha (laughs) ha.
0: Yeah. Yikes. We're only ha- we're only halfway through it.
1: Oh, it's it's August second, and the world is on a fire.
0: But the important thing is that in two to three years from now, if I hear that you watch this episode without seeing the movie first, I will come to your house with a VHS of Velvet Goldmine, and then I will go. Okay, I'll be right back, and then thirty minutes from now. Boom, I will have a DVD of Velvet Goldmine or a USB situation permitting.
1: And then I will also be there because I will be the one who has it on either DVD and or USB digitally. And then we will sit you down and we will sit down on your couch with you and we will make popcorn in your kitchen and we will watch it together.
0: There will be a man in a trench coat standing in the corner making sure you are watching at all times. That,
1: That will be our bodyguard.
0: Yeah, you may you may go, uh huh, who's who's that guy? And we'll look at you and we will say in unison, as you see, the glowing green in our eyes, and the green pin on that man's trench coat, and we'll say, Oh, that's just Oscar <laughs>
1: <laughs> He'll be there watching you.
0: Hey everyone, it's the Hidden Emily at the end of the episode. We've got a Twitter, so feel free to follow us at LMEpod. It's a great way to stay up to date on everything. If you came up with your own theory, feel free to DM it to us, and we might talk about it in a future episode. But remember, no good theories, only barely plausible ideas. As well, make sure to share the show with your friends or an enemy whose brain cell count you want to reduce. You can find us at anchor.fm slash letmeexplainpodcast, that's all one word, You can listen to us there or follow the links to other platforms like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We're on most of the podcast sites nowadays. Make sure to rate, share, favorite, however it is your preferred podcast platform works. Follow us on Twitter, and we'll see you in the next episode. Did I say Twitter or Twitter? Whatever. Bye, everybody. It's an audio-only medium, but I am waving goodbye.